0: This is the emergency broadcast system. This is not a test. Repeat, this is not a test. Stay tuned for further instructions. This is not a test. All right, um, welcome to the podcast. Um, Today I'm joined by Phil Yanoff, uh, Bill Bensing, and Shashi Shramali. Uh, I thought today uh, we might have an interesting conversation about um, something that I've been seeing a lot on LinkedIn and other places. Uh, people talking about um, design thinking, right? And, and various interpretations of what that is, or what it isn't, or what it ought to be. Um, so I, I thought I thought we could just have a quick roundtable discussion, given our diverse backgrounds, right? We might each have an interesting take on what design thinking is. So, uh, Bill, I know you've done a lot of sort of like rapid prototyping. You're in the thick of everything, uh, coding you coding your own cloud platform or you're doing something crazy right so you know um, what, what what is what is design thinking what does it mean what is it
1: uh, to me I mean you think what design thinking is um, fundamentally it's analysis versus synthesis so you think about how we approach problem solving and this really comes about uh, what was that book I think it was like The Opposable mind by by no that was that was Roger different book anyways uh, but to me design thinking is about uh, so synthesis taking things that don't exist yet um, or may not exist and putting together into some type of output that meets a need that you're going after as opposed to something like analysis where you are going through and sort of analyzing a problem and looking at its underlying components to understand what's going on there uh, does that make sense
0: yeah that makes sense to me I mean You know, Shashi, I know you're like day to day working with clients. I mean, you're in big corporate America doing important things, right? So like does with with what Bill just said, does that, is that how, or are they even thinking about design thinking at at where you're working and, and the clients that you engage with?
2: So, I mean, absolutely. So everybody wants to, you know, think like a designer. It's as simple as that, as simple as it sounds. You think like a designer. And if you go back to the fundamentals of the designer, let's say an interior designer who would have done up your beautiful house, which you can see in your backdrop. Uh, they would think, how would you use it? How would it look like, right? These are the fundamental things when we, be, we are building software systems or we are building products and services for a company. Companies don't think about that. It's as simple as that. When you are designing your product and services, you think about your consumers or think about your clients how they are going to consume your service, which helps you identify the problem and eventually helps you design a solution which will have much higher adoption. And then second thing is, uh, you know, your chances of success is extremely high. Everybody is thinking about it, but what it takes to make this successful in large corporate America, um, people don't, people, probably some of the smarter people understand it, but it's extremely difficult for them to do anything about it. I, I think they think about it, but they are not able to do anything about it at this point in time.
0: That's interesting. So, like, one of the smartest people I know is Phil Yanoff. And I, f- I know Phil is certified in design thinking. Do you have your certificate?
3: <laughs> Ooh, oh, I don't, have, I don't have my certificate. I was just – oh, I'm sorry. We're in the middle of this already. I was reading. I was reading <laughs> I was right here. Oh, just sorry. You caught me during my morning devotional. Yeah, excellent.
0: Um, I, by, by the way, that's my book, uh, The People Problem" by Chris Lockhart, <laughs> available on Amazon.com.
3: Uh, Yeah, you know, I've been through a couple of classes in the design thinking, and, you know, we're lucky here. The Design Thinkers Academy is based in my hometown, and so as a chance to talk to those cats and actually use design thinking and learn about it. And I think, you know, everyone here has kind of talked about the stuff side of it. The thing I really like about design thinking is it talks about the people side of it, right? And that is, you know, kind of where Shashi was headed with it, but I, I think about it even more, which is, how? what is the emotional state and what are the people trying to get done who are interact, interacting with my product or service and how am I transforming them as they go through the process? So, you know, I, I think it's a great, it's a, it is a great framework. And one of the things I like about it, particularly for uh, the software design side and service design side is it is asking people to before you go and design the product or service or before you design its next iteration, go out and talk to the customer and do some real actual research.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I, so, I mean, you know, because I, when, you know, and when I see it in practice, when I hear people talking about design thinking, um, you know, it's almost it's like some sort of cosmic, you know, oh, some, some knowledge given to us by the gods or something that is going to fundamentally alter how we do everything. I guess the question is, you know, this is for anybody, right? Is, you know, how is it fundamentally different than just like doing shit good, right? In terms of knowing who your customer is and and developing things that they would be interested. Like, why should a business care? Why, why does design thinking matter fundamentally to a company if if they're good at what they do, just fundamentally?
2: Oh, I think it's it's a um, you know very interesting point. I feel. It's not fundamentally different. What businesses are trying to do, or especially I would blame consulting companies for doing that, it's trying to convert this form of art into science. Ah. So this is have this beautiful process of design thinking. I think like they stop like wrong people in order to solve that problem. You've got to think like designer, and I don't think everybody has the capability to think like designers, it's like an inherent uh, you know perspective. Which truly designers bring to the table. So, if you have a technologist, you essentially might end up, you know, a great technologist, but at the same time, he might be a terrible design thinker. They can take that as an input, you are talking to a customer, and then design your product accordingly. But I think, in my mind, two fundamentally different skills. It's not fundamentally different. And third thing is, they're trying to convert art to science
1: can i i, w- I want to in- agree and disagree with you at the same time <laughs> excellent so i want to disagree because i don't think companies in general are doing design thinking i think people use the words it's like the faux innovation when everybody says we're innovating they're not really innovating um but also at the same point in time, i want to agree with you that some people can't think about how to do it and i go back to like your traditional business schools and whatnot and sort of you think about where de- design thinking and thinking about the customer centricity comes from in a business, business hire analysts. They don't hire designers. Our traditional way we look at business and how we approach it is not to under. We want to say we want to understand the customer, but I think when you peel back the layers, nobody's really want to understand the customer. People want to drive a bottom line, and that's really a huge difference in how we approach it. So that's why my that's my assessment, my assertion. why most businesses aren't doing it today now there are some big businesses doing it really well look at your google's your amazon's your facebook i think by nature they design for an end customer they're customer centric and then their finances you know they see it but most companies small medium-sized businesses um and probably unless you're an engineering design firm you're not designing you're faux designing or you're faux innovating um because i I just don't think they teach it um I, i i go back to my mba when i was in my mba i was never taught how to design anything and this is the big Uh, This was the big um, epiphany when I got into the startup world. My MBA was awesome for my established businesses. Helped me understand what was going on there, analyze the business, come up with plans and processes and procedures to become more efficient and or find effectiveness in other areas. But it never taught me how to design something. You don't go through financial analysis. You don't go through supply chain analysis and say, okay, what new supply chain can I come up with? You ask, what can I do to make it more efficient or more effective? Um, You
3: know, I think one of the things that where Bill is headed that makes a lot of sense to me is that one of the reasons, particularly in that small to medium business space, one of the reasons we get into that space is we think we know the answer already. And that is one of the things that kind of keeps us from being good at design thinking because we don't go and do the research. We don't ask all the questions we ought to ask because a lot of times we think we got this worked out already.
2: I, I think you also raised a great point, right? One is uh, being a customer-oriented company, fundamentally, which Amazon, Facebook, and Google's sort of the world are. And second is the product-oriented company, which I think like IBM still is. Like can they fundamentally change uh, from being product-oriented yeah. company to a customer-oriented company? That's a huge transition, and I don't think that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting, right? So, I mean, I guess you know when I think about it, and you know, I can see the implication, right, for a, a company like this. We we're talking about a small, medium-sized uh, company that maybe is more nimble to begin with and is able to adapt and change how they approach a problem, right, and apply a new methodology or a different methodology. What about like you know, a you know, Cigna or United Health Group or you know, you know, a sixty, hundred billion dollar company? You know, what's the implication there? Of design thinking, is there one like it, or, or does it does it take a different form? Is is it when we think about design thinking in a massive company like that? Does it come down to sort of a different leadership style or a different way of work as opposed to strictly, you know, we're going to do design instead of you know uh, the other way? So I, I mean, I don't know what you guys think. I, I-
1: yeah i think it comes with different behavior so think about the behavior that drives a big healthcare company right and it goes back down to the bottom line behavior design thinking now design thinking the outcome is a better bit you're more customer centric which means you have better products which i.e means you provide more value and have a bigger bottom line but i would argue that a lot of reason why is that behavior is not the future-centric behavior like amazon i mean look at what jeff bezos has fundamentally done to wall street He's trained them not to worry about profits, but to worry about growth. Look at every other company in Wall Street and they get hit for profits and not necessarily growth. And so I think it's that behavioral construct which really keeps us, and I mean healthcare is ripe for, um, we'll, we'll call it the innovation, right for design thinking, redesigning the way that people think about healthcare and acquiring healthcare. Uh, but I always think that big companies the a behavioral mindset and to your point about leadership. It's a fundamental change in how we view the leadership of our organization, the leaders view approaching executing their business and or discovering new business models. And it goes back probably to a little bit of Steve Blanc versus, you know, what he talks about um, was a four step to the epiphany, Business um, uh, business model discovery and business model execution. Design thinking is really about discovery, most businesses today aren't concerned about discovery, and I think that's the fundamental behavior, and that's why they get upset and fundamentally disrupted. And so, if you change your mindset to more discovery and keep it on execution, but this whole you know think about Kodak, Kodak execution to the utmost until they become irrelevant. That's fundamentally what happened at Kodak. Kodak could have been Instagram. Kodabank. Kodak could have been all of this stuff, but they decided to execute on what they knew as opposed to design their future. And so uh, that's I- where mindset is. Go ahead, sorry, sorry.
2: I think you have a great point. I want to piggyback on what you said. So my th- thought about Kodak and similar company, Blockbuster and all, I, f- I don't think they did not know that it's not coming. The downfall is not coming. Sometimes what happens is you, d- you start off as a startup, right? You build a great product. Your company grows from being a 10-people company in a garage to being thousands of people, right? But this period of time, you had multiple leaders and you inherently build an uh, unorganized organization culture. Now, when you start thinking, want to become more customer oriented, essentially what happens is you think start thinking about your processes, you start thinking about your uh, systems. We keep on using the term, Chris, called legacy transformation. Mm. What they don't understand is they have legacy system, but they have legacy culture as well. Yeah. can yeah. never ever focus on changing or transforming their legacy culture so that's exactly what happened it's not that they did not want to change i feel they could not change they wanted to change they wanted they could see it coming they probably wanted to go digital they were such a huge organization making cultural changes you know transforming upside down it was probably not possible for them that's what i think sometimes they want to change they can't because it's such a complex organization I mean, in
3: short, this is the innovator's dilemma, right? I mean, it is exactly it. How do I do that? That is the dilemma.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Phil, you, you deal a lot with, you know, people and, and getting them involved in, in the right spot in a company and, and connecting people together that have interesting ideas. I mean, I mean do you see this in, in the companies you're dealing with or the folks that you're dealing with in terms of, you know, I need to think about things differently or I, I, have, I have a legacy way of thinking about things and I'm in trouble?
3: well i think big companies have that so when we what if i'm inside or somehow connected to someone who's working in a project inside of something bi- or something big you it's really really challenging to move a large company but what happens sometimes is a department or a division or something like that some subgroup decides they're going to make a bit of a change right and they're going to incorporate that so i think i don't i don't know what It is, you know, uh, worldwide for Coca-Cola, but I know that their HR department decided they were going to use design thinking to handle how they brought people into the culture. And so that was a bit that could do that, right? But yeah, it's really easy. I mean, you know, I don't know why this sort of came to me, but I was thinking about this as uh, Bill and Shashi were talking about, you know, this, an oak tree cannot decide I'm going to be a strawberry bush tomorrow, right? It's just not going to happen. and it, 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 for good reason, right? You know, embedded culture is built to establish the l- longevity of the thing, and it can go until the purpose no longer exists. And that kind of what happened, you know, you talk about Kodak. I just thought, Fuji just announced that they're no longer gonna make black and white film, right? They're just done with that. So that thing goes away. But if you also remember, Kodak's response at the time was APS, right? They came out with, instead of like making the digital transformation, they came out with a different kind of film and said, let's make film
2: easier. Exactly. It's it's like an incremental versus, I'll I'll share my experience around the culture, right? So like a couple of years ago, I interviewed with the company the company of mule right so that got acquired by salesforce recently i cleared like i interviewed with them for about four or five months cleared twelve rounds of interviews my offer was on the table you know why i was not hired because the ceo of the company or the probably leadership of the company said that this guy has changed more than two companies in the last five years it's against our culture it's kind of some red flag so that shows such a strong culture they are trying to build I was very really disappointed but when I look in the hindsight, want to build a culture, they know what they're doing. Probably they decided and I was the best fit they could ever find uh, with the right mix of consulting and technical background kind of problem space they were in. I was the best candidate they could ever hire. <laughs> I decided not to do that. I'm not I, being arrogant. I, I'm, I'm telling you the fact.
0: I, I know. I gave you a good reference. I said, <laughs> I said
2: <laughs> You know it. Yes, you know it. So it was like shocking for me. But hey, makes a call.
0: All right. So I mean, so we've we've talked about um, you know w- what it is, right, and sort of some of the implications in terms of technology and leadership and culture. I guess you know, and we've talked about a couple of companies. So I guess you know, my question really is like, you know, would design thinking, as we've t- talked about it, would it have saved Kodak? Would it have saved a Polaroid, or you know, or even Blockbuster Video? Right. I mean would that have helped them or is it is it a lost cause is it the titanic that can't turn around and avoid the iceberg
2: i i think what you said and is what i go with they could have used design thinking probably to identify the problem and probably design the solution but i think it was titanic and they probably could not change it Um, they wanted to they could not change it the best they could do is what phil said come up with a better film um when leadership was not bold enough to make those decisions. I don't think design thinking would have um, helped them in any ways.
1: You know, I, I I'm going back and forth on this one with internally because I want to say yes and I want to say no. Um, I, I get back to thinking. Let's go back to the culture. So, like Phil Shashi were talking about culture. What makes me think about is you know Conway's law. Mel no, Conway is it was in the 1954 deal he did on communications. When you think about a system broadly speaking, is structured around how you communicate. And if you think about getting into design thinking, the way we communicate is not necessarily the communication structure for design thinking. But if you want to ask, if, we, if the question, if there's an implied question, there's like, how does somebody incorporate design thinking? It's think about how you communicate and what you talk about and how you talk. And this goes into, uh, Chris, you and I have talked about this before. Uh, Gartner's got this concept of bimodal IT, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: for the longest IT. And again, I don't know if this is... <laughs> now, now they are now they are saying that bimodal it is dead Somebody's saying but,
0: but here's, and here's and killed it that's great
2: but here's here's the thing though it's funny about
1: that like just being in, coming from us recently coming from a small mid-sized company for the longest time i literally thought bimodal it was bullshit like that was I, I thought it was but i saw it as i started thinking about mel Conway communication patterns what does bimodal IT represent? Well, represents a bifurcation of how you communicate in a company. Now you can be loosely coupled yet highly cohesive with this model. So if you set aside a second segment to go out and think about design thinking, because um, you get back to sort of what a business does an established business executes a known value proposition. Well, design thinking is about understanding what's unknown right now. Uh, you can't approach design thinking with a pros and cons list. That's just, you can't take the best of the worst situation. So trying to wrap this back around into a solid point that I'm thinking about is if you go towards a design thinking into an organization, any company can do it. You just have to really understand. I mean, you think about your current culture, understand what's going on, how you communicate and change the way you're communicating. And it comes back to design thinking itself. Let's go back to solving the problem. Really, you're designing the way that you're going to design in a new organization. Is that too meta
2: right now? Um, no, it's, does it's, that make it, sense? It really does. I think are absolutely spot on. Um, you know, it's basically, you know, you have you are running a bicycle. Um, you want one wheel to go in one direction, another wheel to go in another direction. It's not going to happen. That's what bimodal IT is. You decide the direction you want to go in and you rally your troops accordingly. And I, I think what you were alluding to is if an organization wants to be design thinking, they cannot be doing design thinking for one product or one team. They have to transform their organization inside out and cultivate that habit of it which requires, hey, if I'm going to fail, I'd rather fail fast. We, all of us have heard this term, fail fast thing. I mean, this has to be embraced and supported by the leadership and then the entire organization needs to change. It cannot happen for one project.
0: Bill, would, would, would design thinking have saved those companies? Would it have saved what we were talking earlier about defunct technologies, Pick yeah, OS.
3: I kind of like. <laughs> it's, I mean, the question, I, I don't know the answer to that. And because I'm wondering, because sometimes we and we all know companies who know what the problem is. They just don't want to change, right? And that just happens sometimes. And so the question is, did they want to? Would they have? So they could have had a much better understanding of what was trying or what people were trying to do. Um, would they have changed because of it? And I just don't know. That's a cultural issue, and that that kind of brings us back to where we were at the beginning. Right. You know, can I bake this into my culture? Will I bake this into my culture, or won't I?
0: Yeah. So, all right. So, to tie it all off, guys, uh, this seems like a good place to sort of tie it off. I kind of want to. I want to. You. Know, I'm going to force you to make a decision. You know, design thinking, uh, silver bullet, or bullshit. Right. So, Bill, silver bullet or bullshit?
1: Uh, can I talk about the spectrum, or do I have to pick yeah. one or the
0: other? <laughs> I got to choose. Okay. I, gotta choose. Uh,
1: I I I I don't ever I don't believe I don't believe in silver bullets, and so this is uh, okay. I'm trying to. That's why I'm challenging you. I don't believe in silver bullets, but <laughs> right. um, I definitely don't think it's bullshit. Uh, I think that it's a, it's it's a it in and of itself as a culture, it's a meta model um, yeah. that I think is that is proven. I mean, look at Idea, look at a bunch of companies that implement it. And they're different deals. It's it, it's proven it works. Um, it's definitely worth a investment in any company um, to experiment if they're if they're looking to develop a new uh, product, a new set of products um, in a different way.
0: Hmm.
2: shashi what do you think i'm um, i'm definitely it's not a bullshit um but it's not a silver bullet either no. um, so i think but i will i'll scale it more towards the silver bullet if we can get the culture aspect of it right if we staff the right kind of skills you do not uh, you know take your you know technical folks or standard management consultant and say hey, these guys are my design thinkers these are not the people who can do that kind of work you need highly specialized skills and you need to address the culture, then probably it gets more closer to silver bullet. But it's not a bullshit for sure. Okay. Phil, what do you think?
3: You know, I think an organization that can be flexible, that it still prizes that more than anything else, this is a very powerful tool for them. You know, for me, this is a framework that I believe in and I practice, right? But I could see that if I were a really ossified organization, I might not be able to make the change that I might not be able to adjust with it. So I'm probably not going to be able to use it as much. But I'm small, trying to be fleet of foot. Um, for me, it's a very useful framework.
0: Excellent. Well, guys, listen, this, this was great. I love the conversation. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Uh, so I think we'll call it a day on that note. And um, thanks for watching, everybody, and uh, hopefully see you next time.